What is up, Amazon hustlers? Welcome to episode 19 of the Amazon Hustle, where we teach you how to take your Amazon side hustle to your main hustle. Today is episode 19. Like I just said, we're really close to episode 20, which is a really big deal for me because as you, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, I said when I first decided to actually start the podcast, I said I was, I was, I, I, I said I wasn't going to make any decisions about doing a podcast until I did at least 10 episodes. So I'm almost double that now and I'm really enjoying it. I'm meeting a lot of cool people and it is helping people. I, I get messages all the time from people saying that they listen to the podcast and it helps or they watch my YouTube channel and it helps. So it's really good to be able to do that. So I'm really happy that we're going to be hitting 20 episodes next week, which I have something special planned for episode 20. But episode 19 is also special. And for episode 19, we have another bookseller, um, but he is very... Most of the booksellers that I've had on here go about getting their um, inventory by going to the thrift stores or doing bulk buys. Alex, aka FBA Alex, is a bookseller. He's only been doing it for about six to seven months, but he has been um, putting up some impressive numbers. And he has been, and through his Instagram, like I follow, like we follow each other on Instagram, and I see what he's putting up, and he puts out a lot of good information. He does his book selling a little bit different. He goes about it by going, he does online arbitrage with books, which is something that I didn't do. Like when I was selling books, when, when I was deep in my book, when I was deep in my book game, I was spending hours in the thrift shop. So to think of, so to hear about somebody doing online arbitrage, I, I'm kind of like, I wish I would have thought about that. Also, another interesting thing about Alex is that he is a full-time Coast Guard, meaning he is active duty and he's moving around the whole world and the whole country. So he doesn't, I don't, I don't want to say he, he doesn't have like a stable home, like, like he's homeless. He's not. But you know, people in the military, they are only at one place for one to two years. So to be running a full-time Amazon FBA business while being a full-time Coast Coast Guard that is very very um that's very interesting and we talk about that and we talk about so much more in this episode really hope you guys enjoy this episode if you do do me a favor like it on YouTube if you're watching me on the video and um give me a five-star review if you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any one of those other podcast platforms so without further ado let's get into episode 19 of the Amazon Hustle with FBA Alex all right, so Alex, can you tell the people who you are and exactly what it is, what it is that you do? Yeah, man. Um, thanks for having me on again. So um, my name's FBA Alex. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that. I'm in the Coast Guard right now. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I've moved around a lot. I was stationed in Hawaii. I'm currently in, stationed in Oregon working on helicopters. And uh, right now I'm at a training center in North Carolina and I'm about to go back to Oregon. So I've been moving around a lot, but because I was moving around a lot, I kind of had to get a system together that most people don't do. So a lot of people start with books. I started with books, um, but I started with books at the time where I was moving around. So I've kind of had to like make a lot of adaptations. Um, and in that, so I pretty much, I use a prep center now for books and I had to switch to an online book sourcing model just to make it work. Cause I didn't want to, I'm at a training center for three months. I didn't want to just completely put everything on hold. So I had to figure out a couple different um, strategies to, to make it work online. And I like books because the cost of goods is a lot lower than what you would normally get with like uh, regular OA sourcing products where your average cost of goods can be like 30, 40 bucks, whatever it ends up being. Uh, my average cost of goods is like $6. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Me. I got a lot of questions from that intro. Let's start from the beginning. What made you first, how long have you been selling on Amazon? Oh man, it's probably about like six months at this point. But like I said, it's like, 
like I, I started right around the time when I knew I, I had about two months left in Hawaii. So I did a little bit of work, but then I had to like pack up my apartment, pack up all my stuff, get ready to move. And then, um, so I've been selling for about six months. Um, haven't put up any crazy numbers only this past month that I do like a really heavy spend where I spent like 8k on media. Nice. That is heavy numbers. Like, I mean, I know what you mean when you say that, but for the people that are watching this now and they're just thinking about starting, I'm hearing you say that you pay $8,000 on, um, inventory like yeah. like that's like crazy for them because i remember when i first started i started with books also and i came from doing ebay like i was selling sneakers on ebay but they were my own sneakers like i had like a crazy collection like 60 or 70 pair of shoes and then that's when i mm -hmm. first started but then once i sold all my shoes i didn't have any anything to do and i didn't really like the whole ebay thing where you have to create the listing take the pictures talk to the customers yeah. And then somehow, like when you're doing research on eBay, you find out that like a lot of eBay sellers sell on Amazon. So then I found out about Amazon and then kind of went down that rabbit hole and I decided mm -hmm. to go to doing Amazon, but I didn't have any money. So then I found people like Reezy and Raking Profits. Re Reezy the GOAT. I'm exactly. actually working with, uh, with Steve right now too. Yeah. I, um, I saw that on Instagram and, um, I started with like $150. So if I heard somebody saying that they spent $8,000 on, on, on books, I'd be like, damn, that's like a dream. I was, I was going to ask you, how did you find out about Amazon? Reezy, man. Reezy the goat years ago. I actually set up my account like years ago, but then, uh, you know, I felt I was doing some other stuff. I joined the Coast Guard. So I kind of fell off. And also when, you know, you hear people be like, hey, I spent like 8K on stuff man, I started with a few hundred bucks too. And the thing is, is like, you don't just want to jump in and, and do that kind of stuff. The only reason the way that my personality type works is, and you got to know this stuff too. I don't feel comfortable doing that stuff unless I have the data to support it. So I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to test this. I'm going to make sure it works. I didn't just dive in. I wanted to have my own experience and I would recommend that for people too. It's like, yeah, I could tell you that it works or like somebody could tell you that it works, but you're not really going to believe it works until you have the data in your seller account that says it works. Right. Um, so I track stuff. I started with a few hundred bucks, um, bought a few books, you know, bought like a few hundred bucks uh, at thrift stores and all that. And then I saw the data, I tracked the numbers and I was like, man, this is, this is working. And that's when I decided to pull the trigger um, and do a heavy spend. Yeah. Okay. You said that Reezy found you, but the way the algorithm works, like he didn't just pop up in your YouTube. You had to be searching for something re related to, to that. Oh. So like what made you even search for whatever you search for to have Reezy populate your, your um, feed? Yeah. I mean, I've been into, I've been into business stuff for a while. So I think it was just another rabbit hole. Cause right. when I was, uh, when I was getting out of high school, I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to spend a bunch of money, go to college. And then, you know, people aren't even convinced anymore that it's worth it. So I was like, all right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to travel because I wanted to do that. If you don't do it after high school, like, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up in responsibilities, not to say that that's a bad thing because, you know, we all collect responsibilities as we go. But I was like, man, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. Um, and there's going to be opportunities later on, but it was such a good point. So I just kind of, I worked like two or three jobs, saved a bunch of money, booked a flight to Thailand. And while I was over there, I was like, man, like traveling is, it's sick. Like, I love this. I want to continue doing this. The only thing is, is like, if you work a job and then spend all your money and then come back and work a job again, it's like starting from zero every time. Um, and I was writing at the time and I've done a bunch of different stuff like copywriting and I worked in a startup for a little bit and 
um, I've always just been kind of fascinated with like, all right, how do I kind of live the life that I want to live while also not have to start from zero every time I go away, spend a bunch of money, come back and now I got to do it all over again. Like, how do I just create a system that allows me to do that um, and build from there? So. Okay. Um, when you found Reezy and you saw he mm -hmm. was talking about selling, selling books, going to the thrift store, buying books for a, a dollar, then selling them on Amazon for, for 20. What was your first thought? Did you think it was all cap or did you believe them? Or like how, like, what was your first thought? Um, my first thought was like, man, that, uh, like, I don't know why it wouldn't work. Cause it makes a lot of sense. If mm -hmm. you think about it, it's kind of hard to lose when you buy something for, especially when you're thrifting and you're not doing like my cost of goods right now is three times what it was when I was thrifting. So if you're really trying to make your capital go far, um, you pay in more time than you pay in money. Right now I'm paying in more money than I'm paying in time because I can get a lot of books online. Um, but I was like, man, it just makes sense. You buy something for $1.50 on some markets, it's worth you know, $20, $30. It's kind of hard to lose at this. So immediately I was kind of bought in and then I did, he had like a free course at the time and everything. And I kind of like looked at all that stuff and I got into it and I set up the seller account. Um, I think I was like, 18 17 at the time and i didn't have a lot of money and i think i just kind of let it go obviously that's not an excuse because you see like kids out here today and they're spending like 40 grand yeah. but uh yeah but yeah it's kind of how i got into it you said something that i like that's one of my favorite things to i don't want to say my favorite things to talk about but you said something about you have um time and money and now you're spending more money to get back your time i know when I first started selling books and like when my students like first start off and they don't have like a mm -hmm. lot of money, usually they have like a lot of time. So I always say go with books because you'll have a lot of time to go to the thrift shops. But if you do it correctly, it comes to a point to where you get to the time versus money problem to where at first you have more time and less money. But if you do it correctly, then you end up having more money than you have time. And then that's where it got to me with books to where I could literally, if I was to go to the thrift shop for four hours every single day, I still would have so much money left over to where I couldn't yep. spend enough money to get enough products to be able to do that. So when you got to that point, is that when you decided to start doing online? Yeah, so it was actually kind of forced on me. Um, okay. I step back a second on in Oregon as well. Um, now that I'm back on the East coast, I'm actually from the East coast, but like I said, I'm at an air station in Oregon on the West coast. Thrifting is not like besides the city I'm near Seattle and I'm near Portland. So there's a lot of thrift stores there, but where I'm actually living, there's not a ton of thrift stores. Like there's library sales and I paid up that stuff. Um, but it was kind of forced on me because I was like, man, I'm about to go somewhere to a training center where I don't have a vehicle. I'm living in a, in a barracks. So I can't store a bunch of stuff. I can't yeah. prep a bunch of stuff. I don't have my printer. I don't have like, I can't go and buy a bunch of boxes and stuff. Um, so I was kind of forced into like, all right, A, how am I going to solve sourcing? And B, how am I going to solve prepping? So prep centers and moving to OA um, kind of made sense. And the reason that I stuck with the book model is one, it's something that I'm comfortable with. It's, it's something I knew. Um, and two is it's like the cost of goods that you're going to get from selling media products is so much lower than a lot of other product categories. I was in the army for almost six years and I was active duty. So I know how it is to live in the bears yeah. and to like do all that. So when you first started, you weren't, you weren't doing online. So did you have an apartment? Did you have your own apartment or were you still in the barracks? 
Yeah, so um, I had a lease apartment in Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. It was paid for by the Coast Guard. So right. that kind of helped me out a little bit. And then because I was on Oahu, which is one of the, the most crowded islands. Um, so there was like a bunch of thrift stores and stuff out there. I just prepped everything out of my apartment. Mm-hmm. I had some folding tables and, you know, you just kind of grinding it out. Like you, uh, you just get a bunch of like hundreds of books and you just put them there and you're just stickers and, and uh, prepping and make sure they're all good and make sure they're not like too too terrible condition or anything like that so yeah when you and that's what i'm kind of doing in oregon i'm sorry what oh that's just that's what i'm kind of doing in oregon but i might Mm -hmm. stick with prep centers because it's honestly just kind of nice it's easier right yeah okay um when you did your first shipment and you got your first sale what was your feeling i got my first sale years ago but when i started ramping it back up yeah well when I started ramping it back up and I got those sales, I mean, it's just kind of, it's just a nice confirmation. It's confirmation for everybody, right? Like you send yeah. in that first unit of books, like people tell you that it works, but you, you don't have any idea until mm-hmm. you send in your products and they start selling for you. And then I think that's just the biggest thing, man, is like, um, I'm the kind of person who likes to overanalyze stuff. And really, if you can, there's so many things for you to learn in these spaces, but there's only a handful of things that are actually pertinent to where you're at right now. Right. And the only way to figure out what's important to you right now is if you start doing it, you're going to realize that you have sourcing problems right now, but you don't necessarily have prepping problems. If you're just starting, like don't even worry about preps, LLCs, like what you should price at, what your repricing templates should be at. Cause you don't have any products. Like just, you only have sourcing problems right now. Just focus on that. And then once you fix your sourcing problems, you'll have prep problems that you need to deal with. And really quickly, you figure out what's important if you just keep going down that rabbit hole. Do you plan to stay with books? Like, okay, do you, because you say you like to overanalyze things. So I'm sure you have a plan. So do you want to have like a whole warehouse, like full of books with the, what's the big thing? I can't think of the name of that, um, the sorter, like the big sorter and like a staff of people doing books and you haven't truckloads of, of books is like that what you want to do or do you want to move to doing what a lot of people are doing now which is just doing regular oa wholesale yeah um i, I i've been posting i'm actually in the middle of kind of creating uh some back-end stuff i'm hiring vas right now um i'm gonna stick with books for a little bit and when i say stick with books it means like i'm not gonna stop doing books but i'm not gonna be really directly involved my goal with books is to get it especially with the OA stuff, because it's very possible. Um, and then maybe working in some consignment people in Seattle and Portland, where they send me books and stuff. But um, I would say I'm just going to automate it, man, because it's kind of such a sure bet that if you just do the boring work and put the pieces in place, like I already have a prep center, so that's automated. Uh, I've got a repricer, so that's automated. I'm not actually doing that stuff. Hire an admin VA to take care of uh, the backend work, like stranded inventory, price changes. Hire sourcing VAs. Um, and then I kind of automated all my tracking stuff. So it all kind of, it basically, I just download a bunch of reports from Amazon once a week, and it just updates my entire spreadsheet. It took me like a week and a half to put together. Um, so yeah, my goal is just automate it, man. It's such a sure bet that if I just plug in the right pieces, it can compound with me rather than me starting a new thing from scratch. Kind of like what we were talking about before. Right. I have a question. Cause you um, posted on Instagram about your book spreadsheet and I was really interested in, in it and you sent it to me and I really like it. Why don't you sell it? The forecasting template? Yes. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, it's, 
it's not because I'm a good guy. I like being a good guy. Um, obviously, we all do, but it's for kind of selfish motives. And it's for that, uh, if you follow, you know, Alex Ramosi? No. No, he's a business guy. It's all okay. good. But uh, he's basically like, one of his ideas or frameworks is that the longer that you delay the ask, the more you can ask for. And right now it's like, man, you could sell the template and stuff, but it's such an easy tool for me. And right now I'm just trying to provide value. Nobody knows me. Nobody trusts me. Like I got you. my goal is to just get, get to know people. And yeah, geez, sorry about that. And then I got you. So basically, to- so basically that's your freebie. That's your freebie to funnel them to something later on yeah but honestly i don't know i I don't know if i'm even gonna sell stuff to people for like years i would rather just build up that relationship with people and then that trust and then when it eventually gets to a point where like you know if i feel comfortable offering coaching and i feel like i can really change some people's lives with it because that's what this stuff really is like if you get good enough and you can help people with it it can change your life like that's what i'm hoping it does for me um, I'm hoping that it allows me to live the life I want to live. So if I can do that for other people and I have a relationship that goes back years, um, I'd rather do that and just kind of try to sell them a template that I can make in five minutes. Speaking of coaching, something that I've learned from talking to other Amazon coaches and coaches and other, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Other, damn, other ways of making money, rather like just online, but it can be YouTube or like content creation or trading, mm-hmm. like most of the people that I talk to about that, you don't ever like set out to be a coach. Basically, most people start out to do whatever they're good at in that field. Like us as Amazon, somebody else, it, it can be trading or content creation. And then over time, they get so good at it, people start asking for a coaching. And then I know that's what happened to me. Like I never thought about being coaching. Like I have big dreams of being like one of the, one of the biggest um one of the biggest Amazon sellers, which I mean, I still do, but then people see you and you start posting it on Instagram and on YouTube and stuff like that. And then people start asking you for for coaching and then that's kind of how it it builds. So I can see you being a coach, maybe in like a, a, like a year or so, even, even if you don't charge, charge for it, you can be more like a mentor. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely on the cards in the future. People have asked me to do consulting calls and and coaching calls and stuff already. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, look, man, I'll give it away for free. Like I'll help you out for, uh, for now. Eventually I think it, it really comes down to, it'll be, get to the point where I just don't have enough time in the day. Um, and then also I'm actually a big proponent of like getting coaches for myself. Like I actually started working with Steve, um, raking like profit, profit for the people that don't. Yeah. 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 I started working with him and, and checkmate flips, um, in their coaching program, which I'm in right now. That's the um, eBay and Amazon Steve, flips, right? Yeah, correct. Cause I was trying to move into other product categories other than books. Um, and me and Steve became friends off of that. I've done Miles's coaching program. I've actually had like a life coach that I've worked with for years at this point, And he's made a huge difference in just the way that I approach decisions. I have a selfish, um, so I have a, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, I yeah, to yeah, get you yeah, off, yeah, but no, I don't want to move. I have a selfish yeah. question that has nothing to do with Amazon. With your life coach, how does that work? Because that's something that I've been really interested in. Like exactly how does that work? Yeah, so... Um, Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm sure that there's a way that you could. I'm sure that there's a way that you could like go out and find somebody like purposefully because it kind of just came to me. Okay. Um, there's this guy that I've followed for years, kind of like what we were talking about before. Like I followed this dude for years um, and I just really respected the way he thought about things. And he mm-hmm. had built he's built this life for himself where not a lot of people know who he is, but like 
his life is just sick and he thinks about things in different ways and um like he for an example is he um he travels a lot like he travels all the time uh because of some of the businesses that he's built and he went in with a group of his friends and they all bought like five to seven different places around the world and they all just kind of share these places oh, so that's nice. he's got a place in yeah so he's been to like like i think like 200 countries or something like that and he was like man i love these these places i want the advantages of a home while also traveling so he's got like a place in budapest and I think like Hawaii and stuff like that, that he splits with friends. Um, but regardless, that's just like a different way of thinking about things. And he had a coaching thing that he offered um, and I took him up on it and it's, it was pricey at the time. It still is. I pay him pretty much $500 per hour. But the way that I look at it is if he helps me make a decision that saves me years down the wrong path, it was worth it. Um, and I think that it, it can kind of come to you. I think if you have that in your mind that you're looking for something like that, mm -hmm. uh, things will start to make their way to you. Um, I would say probably don't try to force it. Okay. Um, and if you have a relationship with this person for years, that is the icing on the cake. That is a great point. And I appreciate that. Um, when it comes to paying for coaching, I know when I first started, I was broke, so I couldn't pay for coaches. So I just did like a lot of YouTube university, but now that I'm better off, I will much mm. rather pay for coaching or for mentorship much better than spending hours looking, looking for something. Cause you get that experience. 100%. Cause you get that experience from that person and you don't have to go through the experience to get the value of that experience. And it just saves so much time. Just like we talked about the time versus money, money problem. So I'm well, like, dude, that's, that's what I told Steve, man. I agree with that. Do you can pay in time or you can pay in money? Like his, their coaching program is about flip mine. I already use flip mine. I could figure it out, but the question isn't whether I could figure it out. Cause I totally could. You can totally figure out a way by like looking at YouTube videos. It's just mm -hmm. like, it's just so much faster if you have somebody who's so far ahead of you that you can just be like, hey, is this a good lead? Is this a good idea? Should I pursue this path? And they're like, no, yes, no. It's just way easier, way faster. Exactly. You can totally figure it all out by yourself, but. Okay, let's go back to Amazon. Sure. Um, with Amazon, let's say somebody's watching this podcast right now and, they're, and they've been going down the rabbit hole just a little bit but they're pretty much either they don't believe that it's true or they too, or, or, or like they're too scared to actually start. What kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, totally. For one, I like how you move these podcasts along at a clip too. It's, uh, it's, you're very good at that. You're very good at keeping it, um, keeping it like on pace and like constantly like, all right, we hit this thing. Let's move to the next thing and provide well, value you. here. And these different, it dude, it's like, it's like precision bombing, like <laughs> value here, value here, value here. You um, want to know why? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Wait, wait, hold on. You want to know why? Because with YouTube, yeah. I've, when I first started doing YouTube, I was like, I was all over the place and it was being like really, really, um, like too much stuff. Like it was just too much. Cause I was doing videos every day. I was setting up everything every day, but I started to do research and then I got a YouTube coach and my coach gave me like the best advice ever. She was like, basically what you wanted. Cause I was doing like three or four different videos every week that was taking a lot. And she was like, basically what you want to do is you want to do one to two long form videos, which are like 10 minutes to 20 minutes. But in those videos, you want to give so much value that you can take out 10 to 20 different pieces that you can then promote on social media. So it's just kind of in my head now that I'm looking like I want to make a long form thing, but I want those cuts that I can just promote onto social media. Cause that just makes my work. That's like smart. a lot. I appreciate you sharing that. That's a really good, uh, that's a really good tip. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like but that. the question I asked you, what was the question that I asked yep. you? Shit. Yeah, I got you. So the question was if you are yeah. basically okay. nervous to nervous to get started or you don't know what to do. Um, I would say the way that humans work is anybody can tell you anything, but you literally have to experience it for yourself before you're going to believe it. Um, just test it, man. Like if you take $100 or say $50 or whatever, if you take even $50 and you buy 25 books at $2 a pop um, and then you pay like, I don't know, $5, $10 in shipping to send those in, one of those books will sell at least in a month and you're going to get some proof of concept. Um, I would put together a structured experiment. Like you don't know whether it works or not. You don't know whether this product category works or this product category works. So really all you're trying to do is prove it to yourself for the lowest time and money cost that you possibly can. And one way to do that is depending on how much resources you have, spend 50, 100, $200 if you want, go through the whole beginning process. Because really like when people are scaling up, sending a bunch of inventory, it's that same first shipment that you sent just a million times and you just figure out how to make it quicker and a lot more volume. So if you go through that test where you're like, Hey, I'm going to spend $200, $100, I mean, I know that you can be scared to spend $50, but you're going to spend $50 like Chipotle call you go to Chipotle five times and that's $50, right? Like you can spend $50. Um, and if not, you, I don't know, you kind of need to get it, get a job so you can start like working on these other stuff. Cause it all kind of, it has to start from somewhere. But that yeah, just is, test it. Yeah, that is um that is one of the things I say that when you first start out, like I always recommend that that you start out with with books. It doesn't matter to me if you have fifty dollars or five thousand dollars. I think you should start out with books. Depending on how much money you have, will depend on how long you're going to do it. Because maybe you want to move into RA or OA. But I think books is such a low cost. It's like it's like a such a low cost barrier to get in to get proof of concept then that's the best way to do. So you get your proof of uh, concept and then you can move on to doing something else if that's what you want to do. And then you said something else. Um, I I used to say that I think you can start Amazon with like $50 to like $100. Now I'm more like over $200. And if you can't start with $200, then I think you should probably think about why you can't get $200. Cause I'm sure if you yeah. take analysis of your, monthly spending i'm sure you could find that 200 dollars somewhere where like you're going to chipotle just just a little bit too much or you're you're buying cigarettes yeah. or you're going out to party like you can find that 100 yeah so that's what i believe yeah and then, sorry no what was that you can go oh what, one last point on that is um i actually forgot to mention it one test it because you're never going to know until you test and two i i've talked with some people who are they're, they're scared to make mistakes. And the thing is like, dude, I'm making mistakes. Like when I spent 8K, I made some mistakes in my sourcing. Like I'm going to be open about that. Like I had enough experience where, you know, it's not, it's not terrible, but I definitely like had some books that I shouldn't have bought. Like, dude, it's just going to happen. Like if you test and you spend 100, $200, $50, whatever it's going to be like, use that it's just learning experience man like everyone's making mistakes out here but the only way that you make less mistakes is you just make that mistake and you don't make it again and that's not going to happen if you never start i so. really i really like that because um i've been doing amazon amazon for almost three three years now and then, like i said i did like a year of of books then a year and a half of doing ra 
and I'm just starting to, well, not just starting. I've been doing OA for about three months now and I'm nowhere near a professional, but I'm much better than when I first started, but I'm actually doing a, a shipment right now. And as I'm going through taking inventory of everything that I got, I'm like, why did I buy this? This don't even sell. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm still making mistakes now. And I really believe that being afraid to make mistakes is not a reason to not start. Like I always say, just jump off the mountain and then learn how to fly on your way down. And if you're not making, and if you're making mistakes, that's not actually a mistake. I know it's so cheesy to say, but it's not a loss. It's just a lesson because then you know what not to do next time. Yeah. And one more, one more point on that to just build on that. The reason that I think you're saying that books are a great way to start. And I would 100% agree with that. But the math behind that is, is on some books, you're getting about three, 400% ROI. It really depends on your average ROI. But right now, I think my average ROI is like 250 to 300%. And that means mathematically that out of 100 books, if I only sell 33 of them or something, I did it the math before, it, you, I would still break even, which yeah. is why books are a great learning vehicle you can scale them too if you want but there's a reason a lot of people start is the cost of goods are so low and the roi is so high that out of 100 if you only sell like 30 to 40 of them you will make your money back exactly um so mitigating risk is a big part of that as well exactly um another thing what if somebody says oh, I want to do this Amazon thing, but I don't have any time. I have a full-time job or I have a family or I have other obligations. You're active duty. Like you're in like a very high stress situation and you're still able to scale your business. First, you're able to start a business and then able to scale it. You make content. So what do you say to the people that say that they don't have any time? Yeah, man. I mean, dude, my situation isn't even bad. I've got a friend named Frost who he not only has a corporate job where he wakes up at like, I think he works from like two or three o'clock in the morning, but he also has, he has like an hour commute, I think. And he has three girls and three little girls. Like okay, I was about to say three girls. Oh yeah. No, he's I was got thinking a girl friends like, damn. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, and he's doing OA. So like relatively your situation is I don't know what your situation is. My situation isn't even bad. I'll tell you that right now. However, I am working full time and a decision that I made recently. Well, for one, I would say just start at 15 minutes a day, because if you don't have 15 minutes a day, you don't have a life. The first step is being consistent in a habit. And that's something that my life coach taught me is like, just start something and do it for 15 minutes a day, because it doesn't sound like a lot. But if you do that for a month or two months, it adds up to hours. And it adds up to hundreds of hours and stuff. You can do more, good. But a lot of people try and start so heavy because they're so motivated that they take off like a rocket. And then as soon as they hit any kind of turbulence, it crashes to earth. So you're a lot of people, you'll see them, they'll really do this a lot where they start with motivation, get to a point, stop doing whatever they're doing, go back to zero. What you really want to do is you'd rather have a more gradual plane where you're doing 30 minutes a day, but then you do 30 minutes a day for six months, if that makes sense. You want to, in your head, you should ask yourself when you're starting a new habit, would I be able to do this on my worst day? Because anybody can do anything on their best day. I can do anything on my, I can work 18 hours on my best day. I could work 20 hours on my best day, but on my worst day, when everything is going against me, can you still get it done? I love that. Um, it makes perfect sense to me because that's how I started to learn that's how I started to learn to change what well, I, don't, I don't, I don't like to say change, but build the life that I actually want to do. I looked at where I was 
and I just imagine where I want to be and that person, what type of things that he do. So some of the habits I had to build, I with, with like everybody else, I said, oh, I want to learn how to, um, I, I want to be able not learn how to read. I want to be able to read more. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to read 45 Army, minutes huh? in the morning. Huh? Army, huh? Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, no, so like I said, I want to read more or I want to start reading more. So at first yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm gonna do 45 minutes in the morning, but that was way too much to be able to start with like a habit. And I don't know where oh. I heard it from, but somebody said just start with two minutes a day, just read for two minutes a day, and then just do that for a week, and then the next week add another minute and slowly add more and more. And over time, like it like two minutes a day doesn't sound like a lot now but in six months i was reading 30 minutes a day and now i'm up to like an hour a day so just starting Dude, small and then building up reading like really huge good. yeah reading's huge yeah totally and then it's also like for something like this too when there's just such a clear like there's such a clear end goal that if you get good enough at this stuff you can replace whatever you're doing and then you'll be able to structure your own time so it's like there's such a clear and like obvious end goal that if you have to sacrifice stuff now, like I've been a like I would never stop going to the gym. I stopped going to the gym. I was like, I'm gonna stop going to the gym for three to six months. I've worked out for years. And I was like, look, man, I just don't have enough time. I'm in a training center, I'm doing this and that. Um, I really need to be like hammering home on this. And the thing is, like, once you get through that period where you now have gotten your time and you own your time again and you can do what you want with it then you can start working in all those other things. But like my main priority right now is to just own my own time. So then I can do that stuff. That brings me to my next question. Cause I was going to ask you, what is the overall goal? So you want to work for yourself and have your own business. Yeah, man. I mean, I love, I love working. I just want to work on what I want to work on. You know, if I, get really stoked like I, I just came from Hawaii and I love surfing but if I get really stoked about doing some like crazy surf challenges or whatever like I just want to take three months and do that my ultimate goal is um create a life where I can travel every three or four months for about two to four months or two to four weeks at a time um more if I want because working remote and all that um and then just work on what I want to work on like Building systems for me is fun. Um, when I built out this crazy spreadsheet that I built out, which everything basically fills itself and I don't really have to do anything, that was fun for me. Um, building out this book system is, it's fun for me. I'm plugging people in place and ideally I'm getting to a point where it'll run itself and I don't really have to do much. And then I'll just take those skills and bring it into the next thing. And hopefully in a few years, I'll have five or 10 things that are really just running themselves, don't take too much of my time and they're self uh self-reinforcing systems just keep doing that nice i really i i really like that and i can agree with that um the last question i like to ask people that come on my podcast i kind of have to change it a little bit for you because you're not full time yet but do you believe that anybody can start an amazon fba business and become successful with it or do you have to have like a special skill or a special talent i think probably the minimum requirements are i mean not even the minimum requirements i think that we're at the very least i'm very lucky that i was born in the united states i speak english i have access to the internet um man it's like there's it's so you don't need a lot to be successful in this and we've already most of us have already won what we need to become successful in this so many people weren't born in in the right place or maybe 
they don't speak English and they have to learn English to kind of even enter these markets. Like we have so many advantages. Um, and I try to be grateful for that. Um, I think a lot of people can do it. Depends on where you're at. Depends on what your interests are. I, I enjoy like product logistics and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think most people could do it if they really wanted to. And most of us already have the advantages too. So nice. I appreciate that. Alex, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I'm going to have all your, um, I'm going to have your Instagram and your Twitter in the bio. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man, dude, for sure. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Good to, good to hear your story a little bit. So I really hope you guys enjoy episode 19. If you did, please do me a favor. Like this video if you're watching it on YouTube or give me a five-star rating if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And that's pretty much all I got for you guys this episode. Hope it was helpful. Hope it was interesting. And I'll catch you guys next week in episode 20 of the Amazon Hustle Podcast.